And then we used to sell rose quartz dildos. Oh, did you really? Like, mm. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we had one for a while. And then Norwegian Moonstone. Uh, sadly, they stopped making those. Okay. Uh, the, the only bling we have nowadays is the Swarovski crystal uh, plugs. Oh, yeah. okay. Those, those are pretty. Are well, you know, we're all about sparkles and pulls, so. <laughs> Welcome to the Savage Voice. This is Amy. This is the last of our series on self-love. Next week, we will be starting our next intention. So don't forget to tune in for that. I'm excited today because we are having our first interview with somebody outside of the studio. And since it's self-love, it made sense that we were going to talk about sexuality and sensuality with an expert. I'm really excited. Today, our guest is Christopher Wilde. He, his, and they, them. He's the co-founder of the Queer Zine Archive Project and a website and physical archive that was founded in 2003 to preserve and interpret queer zines and related cultures. In 2008, he began a second career as a sexuality educator at Tool Shed Toys, an award-winning erotic boutique in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Tool Shed is a woman-owned sex toy store and provides customers of all genders with factual and science-based sexual health and gender-affirming information and products. I know masturbation is the obvious place to start, but I actually want to talk about guilt first. Yeah, it's a great place to start because in talking uh, with customers, we also don't get to drill down as deeply as we can in what we're going to discuss. We really just have this narrow window. We're catching people in a retail environment. So they may not be as candid, especially if they're new to sex toys. One of the things that we do is just the, the quick sort of personal and emotional support right then and there to be like, it's okay to ask these things. We're not given those tools to do things for ourselves that are positive and uplifting, especially when you cross the line from personal needs into sexuality or sexual needs. First of all, being gentle with yourself about identifying needs and making requests because a lot of us don't have the skill sets, even for the advocacy work that I do. Sometimes I'm one of the most difficult people, uh, <laughs> you know, they, where they say doctors make the worst patients, right. I fall into that category. I help people every day. I can't help <laughs> myself. And my, you'll probably see my partner is yes. walking back and forth around here. I'm sure they'll shake their head and go, yeah, you never ask for what you need. And that's, but that's one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard this. I, did, I heard a little eyes. bit that you were okay, a little yeah. called out there. <laughs> yeah, eyes rolling in the back of the head. But that's true. I know full well, just for myself, how difficult it can be to ask for help. And the service that you provide as a studio, as a safer space, to come and relax, 
to recognize that there are spaces that you can enter and be able to put down that armor and put down the defenses that we hold up because we're, we're afraid we're, we'll be teased or shamed or ridiculed. And I think what it, what is important is to take small and meaningful steps toward those things that can help to bring that joy alive and to help people connect with their feelings and desires. You don't want to do a gigantic leap from sort of tentative thoughts about things to going full on, making smaller steps and, and taking the time to recognize your own needs, I think that reaching out to partners has that added level of anxiety because you rely so heavily on the emotional support from partners that if they somehow <laughs> push back on what you're expressing, that can have the, the sort of detrimental effect. And we're in a, such a difficult time right now. Sometimes it, it feels disingenuous to take the time for ourselves. However, we're better able to help others and help the world when we're coming from a place that's better centered on our own desires and emotional needs. Yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit in the podcast, and that's one of the reasons that we started this additional program of these intention boxes, because not everybody can come to the studio. We're in one place in Frederick, Maryland, but this way they can set aside time with something physical to do and work with on a monthly basis that they've set aside for themselves. And it's not quite that big step for a lot of women going to a pole dance class. It's a very big decision to make. It's scary. Yeah. Um, and it's not always for everybody anyway. A lot of women will think about it for years before they go to do it. So we're trying to provide the bridge between doing nothing for yourself and all out deciding you're going to spend five nights a week at a pole studio. I mean, there is a middle ground there and we're trying to create mm -hmm. that middle ground, little steps that you can take to discover what you want before you like sit down with your partner and just spew things at them without actually knowing what direction you want to go in. The Savage Voice is excited to support you this month with our self-love intention box. Embrace yourself and take the first step to more pleasure in your life. Filled with tools and gifts to surround and shield you with energy and strength, this box is meant to help you start your journey. This month's box is filled with the herbs and oils of rose, bay leaves, and vanilla with rose quartz stones. Each box includes a custom affirmation card with a unique sigil, hand-poured intention candle, custom bath bomb, triquetra necklace, and incense. And as a special bonus, we have a virtual workshop on how to use your box to set and work towards your intention of self-love. Attend the live workshop February 19th, or you can watch the recording at your own leisure. Buy your box by clicking on the link in our show notes. Do you 
ever find that that ends up being a problem that people don't know quite what they want and so then they just kind of grab at things randomly oh definitely we don't often take the the time just for thinking about like like you said identifying what our needs are i try to advocate that the change starts from within and that it's about attitude it's about being open to change and trying something new the customers i work with will you know what's your what's your best seller and we ah. push back on that because what works for nine of my customers the 10th person's going to come in and say that that doesn't sound appealing or or interesting at all right so you said that when you're talking to clients and customers you sometimes wish you had more time to delve into things with them obviously we're talking about somebody who's already drummed up the courage to drive to a store and walk in and go up to the person at, at the desk and say, I need help. I'm sure a lot of the answers are pretty similar as they're starting. So once you get past that, if you had time where you could just like sit, what kind of things would you want them to think about or ask themselves or what would you want to ask them? That's a great question because ideally what helps us the best is when people have had some level of self-exploration or take time to have experiences and whether those experiences you later look back on and, and say, well, that didn't work as well as I thought or wow, this was really uh, you know, exciting. I want to follow that. We generally don't have a lot of time to ourselves. And what, what I think ends up happening is that we fall out of touch with ourselves, our, our basic human needs and desires, especially when it comes to the physical. We don't really have time to explore what our bodies are doing we're rushing ourselves to do things to just get through the day it's the small spark that starts the chain reaction to other connections i always advise people to just take time for yourself to explore and think about the the things that you want and not necessarily to sort of live off of other people's experiences because most of the time there's going to be something about their experience that may not jive with yours. And then you're left questioning, oh, well, am I this enough or that enough? I remember once I had a boyfriend years one of my first lovers who I guess was frustrated in, in dealing with me and my personal issues, <laughs> just took out a piece of paper and wrote my name uh -huh. and then wrote is enough. So Christopher Wilde is enough. And it's actually on our that, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of women don't believe they're enough. Because, yeah. Right, right. And when he told me that and, sp and literally spelled it out on a piece of paper with markers, it, that for me was the catalyst for starting to believe that, oh, I can explore other ways of thinking about problems or issues 
that are here present in my life and help to move beyond those. I always tell people to take the healthy risk, healthy, because risk always sounds scary. So a healthy risk might be going to do something that maybe you've never done before, like signing up for a class or making the venture into a sex toy store, doing something that's a low impact and doesn't have a lot of consequence to it. When we're working with clients and customers, when they come to me and we're in a conversation, I might actually say to them very pointedly, we've had a great discussion about these topics, these toys, these books. Take some time and think about it. Go home, don't buy anything today. Just take some time to reflect on everything we talked about. If it raised more questions for you, come back and see us again. If it sparked something in you that you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, then that's, that's good. I think that that helps people to process information because we're in an era where we're bombarded with information all the time. And we don't have a lot of tools to filter the information. I find a lot of people get overwhelmed, especially when it's about emotional health and personal health and wellness, the, the information that's out there is vast and it may apply to you in certain situations and in others, it, it doesn't. But taking time to get information and ask questions and then reflect helps to keep moving forward in the process. I think that also, too, helps with partners if you're able to take the time to ask questions and listen to the answers so you're not locked into uh, the same old patterns or you're just repeating the same routine and, and taking that healthy risk to ask a question that you may not have thought to ask. I don't remember the name of it offhand, but there's a website that that we've sent couples to in the past. And oh, I think it's an app, isn't it? An, yeah. It's a way to, to talk about what you might be interested in trying sexually without sitting face-to-face -face yes. and saying the things. I will find that it and I'll put correct. it in the show notes, yes. yes. But tool, using tools like that, I think are, are a great way gather new information and break out of those old patterns because you have that time alone to process your thoughts and then be able to compare them to someone else's thoughts that they've right. been able to to process it's definitely a you little know, safer than sitting down and being like hey here's some shit i was thinking about you know and then have that right, person go right. i wasn't ready for this discussion so if you both are on board with doing this separately and then looking at what the other person has said and really take some time to go, okay, let me think about that for a minute before we have a discussion. That's a safer version of that risk. Instead of just sitting down one day and going, hey, I want to talk to you about things. You might find something that they didn't know about themselves or you don't know about yourself as you're going through it. We're excited to announce the launch of our brand new Savage Intention subscription service, which is going to be starting in April. In addition to your box, you will also have access to online workshop with a replay option, 
the Savage Magic Private Community on our Mighty Networks group, and a themed intention worksheet that you can use to set and work through your intentions during the month. Can't wait till April. We're going to have a soft launch of the new subscription program in March. This will be available to a limited number of people. So you're going to want to get yourself a spot right now. Find the link in the show notes and fill out the form to let us know. And we'll contact you to get you started on your intention journey a month earlier. So I I want to come back to the same idea, but specifically women who like, it's fine. Their sexual relationship is fine. It's not like it's horrible. They're not going to necessarily complain about it, but it's not fantastic. I think a lot of women feel like that should be enough. It's fine. I'm not going to push it. And I disagree. I think you should push to have all the things you want whenever possible. Do you see that happening where women feel guilty about wanting to have more than that, that they should be okay with what they've got? Cause it's fine. I'm not talking about couples who need to go to counseling and you know, they haven't touched each other in a year. Yeah. No, no, like, no. Cause that's a, the, that's, that's a, that's a whole unique, thing and we're not fixing it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, just that, like that, that has a professional level yes. attached to it. Here's the shorthand phrase that we often hear. It's we want to spice things up. Spice things up can mean a lot of things for folks. Spice things up could mean a whole lot right. of things depending on who you're talking to. You right, don't know where exactly. their base level is. I mean, are we talking about exactly. lights off at night, 20 minutes? done and done or are we talking about people who have full rooms just for their fantasies like that's yes you know you don't know where they are and what that means spice it up the answer has to come partly from within you can't buy a product that's just going to spice up you really need to identify what is it that needs that little zing And that's where we can help is if someone comes in and the spice means for the first time, they're going to add a toy to the mix, or they're going to introduce their partner to some form of pleasure that they may not have experienced before. How to do that gently, how to integrate that. So you don't, as we were sort of joking before, you don't scare somebody by <laughs> <laughs> suddenly bringing out the crops or the Yeah, St. you probably Andrew's don't want to like or... dump it all out on the bed and be like, so I was thinking. Although some people, I don't know, <laughs> depends on your relationship. Do you find... Well, that, that too. That's and that, true. And it's yeah. also... You never... Maybe yeah. that relationship is, I'm going to bring home a bag and they're going to like that I went and I did this thing mm-hmm. and I brought home this bag. Holy shit, that's awesome. I do want to talk some about women specifically and orgasms, wanting to have orgasms and the fact that sex ed and movies and mainstream porn, all of that makes sexual pleasure for women. It looks like something that it mostly isn't. I don't like these things where people get into a movie and they kiss for like two seconds. And then all of a sudden she's up against the wall and he's like, got her up. And I'm like, that is not 
real in any way. <laughs> how, is, how is this happening? I, I don't think they had enough time to be warmed up. I don't think that probably felt good. Can he really carry her? Like, I don't understand how this works. <laughs> I, I feel like that happens all the time. I, I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. I'm all, well, first of all, I'm really tall, 5'10". Yes, yes. And I was like, no guy's going to pick okay. me up and put me against a wall. Like, that's not ever gonna happen. But also, honestly, kissing me for two seconds is not going to do it. I'm not ready to go after two seconds. <laughs> but I feel like right. a lot of times that's what it looks like. And, and then the woman has her orgasm, and I say in quotes, because so often it's nothing representative of real. It's once and it's over. And then the man in that scenario, because lesbian interactions are always very different. Or I guess mm -hmm. more, more recently, older lesbian porn was probably just men wanting to see what they wanted to see anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but which yes. was still big, not big women. Hair and nails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which was not about women having pleasure. It was about men watching something that made them feel good. I've experienced this, and I'm sure you have at the store, that there's a lot of women who feel like they aren't allowed to ask for that. That if somebody's at least touching them, and they have an orgasm sometimes, that that's fine, that's good enough, and that they shouldn't want more than that, and or that more than that's not actually possible. Especially the whole idea that penetrative sex is gonna give you an orgasm right away, like that kind of situation, which is, no, uh, thank you. He just put his hand on his Which, wife. yes, we know, we know. And <laughs> but I, I think yeah, a lot of women come into relationships <laughs> at first thinking that that's true. Nobody told them otherwise. But you're not gonna ask the other person, your partner, to do something else because what if they feel bad about it and and then you feel guilty for them not doing for you what you wanted to have done i think a lot of times that's where toys can come in but women don't first of all they don't know that that's a possibility they don't know how to discuss it with their partner and they kind of seem to think that toys are for toy time by myself and my partner is for partner time with that person but there's not an interaction of all of those things do you run into that as an issue a lot and how do you address that oh quite quite often and how we generally encounter it is through a stereotype I generally, I see it in cisgender, heterosexual, male, female couples, that the male in the couple fears that somehow a toy will replace him, which right. is, <laughs> is ridiculous. It's yeah. a ridiculous notion. And, <laughs> it is. and generally, we try to do, you know, the, the sort of uh, uh, myth buster. And that's really bringing it back to your original question about sex ed. We work from myths, we work from the fiction of porn and erotica that shows us these unrealistic scenarios that we as sexual beings, and especially women, are trying so hard to, like, are we supposed to act this way? Are we supposed to get off from this type of stimulation or penetration? One of the things that we love to fall back on, science and fact-based information, it takes it away from the personal. Statistically, women are going to orgasm from clitoral stimulation over penetration. Right. Just looking at raw numbers of women who respond in surveys. And 
that bears itself out in the hundreds, if not thousands of women that I've spoken to in the over 12 years that I've been almost 13 years as a sexuality educator. And then just anecdotally in my life, the women that I talk to about this are like, yeah, clitoral stimulation is really <laughs> the primary focus of my orgasm penetration, not so much. We run into trying to, to help people get past that, breaking out of the idea that the penis in vagina sex is the only way that sex happens. And Definitely, yes, there's so many other options. Right. <laughs> and yeah, the body is a place of pleasure and stimulation. I fall back on, I think it's from the store Good Vibrations, which is where I would have first encountered the type of feminist sex toy store. And they say, pleasure is your birthright. And when I oh, first I came that. across that as, as yeah, as, as that is awesome. you know, one might be cynical and say it's a marketing. It's so true. That's what really opened up my eyes to education that Good Vibrations does and other stores like the one where I work, where we really focus on pleasure as a birthright. So the exploration of what your body is and what it can do and how you feel when you activate certain parts of your body is your birthright. And it's your right to try those things and to do them. We work so hard to help people undo or uncouple themselves from, let's say, the religious pressure or going back to our original thoughts about uh, uncoupling guilt, uh, about pleasuring ourselves or our partners. Being able to work in a partner relationship is to first know yourself and know what things about your body you, you like what you don't like and being able to clearly put that out there to have room to try things even if they you know end up not working within that healthy risk to try something in a process of elimination to be like you know what i tried having my nipples stimulated and it just didn't work for me right or you know so anything that is outside of the 20 minutes and done scenario right. or your favorite scene from an erotic film or something you've read in a tech that you can find more liberation from being able to safely try these things. Trying them first through masturbation or self-exploration is one of the best ways. We don't have a lot of time to ourselves, and especially a lot of women I talk to, if they're parents, and it's like, I have to find you know this quiet time for myself when the kids aren't there or when my husband is, or partner is not around. But it is very important to find those times to make the investment in doing that. And I know not everybody can do that. And it is really it is. hard, especially, right now with working from home, virtual schools, so that people have their kids at home 24-7. But there are ways to carve out little bits of time for yourself to try new things. So I think that, especially for women, it's part of a, a base level empowerment 
to be able to explore your own body because historically, and, and this is where I put my historian hat at, that's what my degree is in right. and part of the, the work that I do with queerzines is from a history perspective, is that the patriarchy create these unrealistic pressures that women aren't supposed to spend time for themselves or be their own person. For the first uh, five years of my life, my mom was single and she had four kids. I was too young to appreciate what she must have gone through, how hard that must have been to be able to deal with three teenagers. I was a baby. And to go out and have time for yourself and time to meet up and potentially find somebody. This is the 1970s, so it was still a very marriage-minded culture. And my mom did find somebody. But, you know, those pressures are real. And even that 1970s model, I mean, still kind of exists today in the 21st century. Yeah, one of the things we have women do a lot, which I think ties into some of what you were just talking about, is touching themselves, just running their hands on their own bodies. And most women who walk through the door are absolutely terrified to do it. They don't want to look in the mirror and watch themselves do that. They definitely don't want to touch certain parts of themselves because they don't match what is typical, beautiful. We have a lot of moms. They certainly don't want to touch their stomach area because God forbid it didn't go straight back to some sort of washboard board situation after they have this baby. <laughs> there are women who just who can't. They can't. It takes them months and months to even be okay with the idea of, I'm going to run my hands you know, on my hip. It's a big deal for them. And I think that's that same idea that you're talking about, taking this time to figure out who you are, because that changes over time. And if you are stuck with whoever you were, the last time you thought about it, which could have been when you were you know, 20 or I don't know, 15, a lot of shit's happened. So you might feel differently about yourself and not realize it. You might need different things and you don't realize it and you need to take that time. I think women feel so guilty about taking the time. I'm a big fan of a woman just spending the night by herself in a hotel if she has the means. You know, nobody's gonna die that night. Everybody will be fine. And if you have a partner, leave them at home with the kids and you go spend a night doing something that you need to do. It's amazing how much society pushes back on that still. Oh, definitely. You're going to spend a night by yourself. What, what's going to happen to your kids? Who's going to feed them? Like they have another parent. It's okay. They'll be okay. Or they're going to go to their grandparents. Or even if you have, you know, the means then pay a damn babysitter to stay the night. There's nothing wrong with doing those things and taking that time for yourself in a way that is not typical self-care that's starting to happen now in society, which is it's okay if you go get your nails done. That's okay to go do, if you like it, that's fine. But that's not the same thing as loving who you are and knowing who you are. It's not even close to the same thing. Right. Um, It's the, it's the surface. I mean, it can, it can lead to that. But I think we all, you know, fall into those tropes of if I was this enough or that enough, or if I lost a few pounds, I'd feel better. You know, bodies are beautiful in all of their shapes and forms. And what makes me sad is when I see people who don't have those opportunities to be in touch with their body, 
uh, be in touch with even just where they are in life. We all hopefully grow and change and people are sexual at every adult age. I currently am in my mid fifties and still appreciate sex and, and sexuality. Yeah, um, and, I'm in my mid forties uh, now know. and I think that some of it got better with age, that there's a lot of things that for me are, are better now than they were when I was 20. Some of it's probably physical things, but a lot of it is just being comfortable in my own skin enough to relax enough to feel the things that are happening. You know, if you're putting up a, a barrier wall where you're like, I don't want to look too weird and I don't want to make a weird noise or I don't want to have this flabby, whatever. if you just like, screw that, I just want to feel good right now and let yourself that that really changes your experience. But if you're not comfortable in who you are, you can't do that. You absolutely can't. Right. Right. Yeah. I love when people can find communities to be able to come out of the shell or to come out of that place where they, they feel they can't do these things and to feel the support and the love and the typical kind of you go girl kind of attitude about people taking those steps, branching out into doing new things and being in touch with themselves. I teach at the studio as well. And it's absolutely amazing to watch somebody from their first day, even to the end of you know their first month there, how much that changes. It's part of the reason I'm pushing so hard to get this idea out to other people. We're going to have an online community for the same thing. Like I tried this thing or I wore this shirt and I would have never worn something that little and being able to have a whole chorus of other women go, yeah, you look good in the shirt. You should have worn the shirt. We love the shirt. You know, just something little like that. You work at a sex toy mm -hmm. store and I do want to touch on that some. Uh, obviously there's millions of different toys. There's all different ways to have sex, role play, all these kind of different things. But if you were talking to somebody who's new to this and is really looking for a couple of basic types of things to try that will get you an idea of like what directions you want to go in, where can people start? Because you walk into those stores or sometimes people do it online. And if you're online, it's so overwhelming. What direction should they go in? Yeah, it's definitely overwhelming. The, the 21st century, we have so many more options for toys and trying to figure out which is the best is difficult. And online shopping is fraught with its own perils because sex toys are very intimate objects in the end. Right. And you want to make sure that you're getting things that are quality made. Where I work, we specialize in body safe materials. Okay. So we actually research the, the, the chemicals and the process of how toys are made to make sure that they're safe. From there, um, looking at some of the very basic groupings of toys. And so can you do me a favor and explain the difference between a vibrator and a sure. dildo? Because I think a lot of people think they're the same thing. <laughs> So what's Correct. the difference? Vibrators are typically a separate entity from dildos. They will have some form of electric motor 
that's battery powered or corded in the uh, cases of, of thing, lovely things like the magic wand that has been around for over 50 years. And although is technically a personal massager, <laughs> it has uses in yes. eroticism. But vibrators will generally then have some sort of motor to do some form of vibration. And then even within vibrators, you have things that will oscillate or pulse or gyrate. Dildos typically refer to a solid object that may or may not be phallic shaped and is meant more for penetration or a feeling of fullness. Some dildos may have an option to vibrate. For the most part, they don't. A lot of people will use them more for penetrative stimulation. Any of the toys that I'm talking about can be used by any body. So people will come in and like, well, where are the toys for guys? Or, oh, I want a woman's toy. Or right. they'll look at a toy and they'll say, well, which one is that for? Unless there is a very specific anatomical purpose for the toy, right. they can be used by anyone and for anybody. And that's where going back to our earlier conversation about knowing your body and also being comfortable with talking about your body. If you're going to see professionals uh, like myself or my colleagues, we know how to depersonalize that we try to generalize it and be inclusive of different body types and shapes and where people are at with their bodies. Uh, a lot of times people will start off with a sex toy that later on just doesn't do it for them anymore and that's okay. Start small and start affordable. There's always room to work up to a more expensive toy if that toy will meet your needs at some point. A $150 toy will probably have a $15 analog that will work and do the same thing. It's just knowing what you're looking for in terms of stimulation, or what you'd like the toy to provide for a sexual experience that is more important than the price tag attached to it or right. the brand name that's attached to it. Okay, so we've talked about those basic things and let's say you were putting together a little self-exploration toolkit. And let's, yeah. let's specifically talk about for female anatomy since that's who we're mostly talking about. So they got themselves a room they're going to be by themselves. They have all the time that they need, and they're going to take this little toolkit with them to try some stuff out and see what direction they want to go in. What would you put in the toolkit? Definitely the first thing that I would put in, and, and I always tell people that this is one standard toy that's great to have in any toy box, is a bullet vibe. So bullet vibes are generally smaller. They now are made with rechargeable batteries, but typically the old school style was to have the little watch style batteries in them. And those are great for external stimulation. Knowing that you're going to explore your body, that can help be one of the tools to explore. There are parts of our bodies that we can't easily or readily see. And when we're alone, it's a great time to relax, really take a look at our anatomy and see, this is me. 
This is what I have. And this is what I'm bringing to any experience that I'm a part of. And then having other types of sensual things. So maybe something like a feather to stimulate nerve endings. If you appreciate scented products of any kind, maybe a really nice lotion or oil to help relax and create a, a pleasant environment. Also a small vibrator just to become familiar with what sensations a vibrator can provide. Vibrators can be used externally and internally as well. And for internal stimulation, looking for toys that have a gentle sort of like C-shaped curve to them or an end that's flat or wide or a, a, maybe a ball-shaped end. For internal stimulation, we always talk about the G-spot. Right. Now, there is not a very specific place, but if you take your two fingers and do a come-hither motion, huh. now just basically turn that around and insert vaginally, and that is about two to four inches inside of the vagina, is the area that you look for for the G-spot. So most people explore with their fingers, so being comfortable with exploring your fingers so that manicure might be a nice thing to do yeah. as a setup for explorations. Maybe things like a relaxing shower or bath. It can also help. I really right. appreciate you taking the time. I really do. You're welcome. 